You know how last week we talked about how uh, YouTube side I'm really into the old Yu-Gi-Oh card game, like <laughs> specifically the history of the Yu-Gi-Oh card game at this point? Yeah. Well, uh, it's still pushing that, but it's also now pushing um, uh, BDSM advi- uh, relationship advice blogs, gun fanatic channels, and skit comedy based around being formerly in the military. What kind none of, com- of these things? None of these things I have talked about or Googled lately. What have you been having conversations about? None of these things I have talked about. I, that's I, I fully even out believe of the idea that your phone is listening to you, but I yeah. think my phone is like bored of what I'm saying. It's listening <laughs> on like other people now. It's like, what's this fucker talking about? Oh, oh, you know what? Have you left your TV on while you're you know near your phone? I probably, but again, like this doesn't quite make sense either. So now I'm like, what have you been watching that would end up suggesting None of the recommended things. That's the weird part. It's like, here's a thing. And I'm like, why the fuck are you recommending this, YouTube? Like, the number of, like, 30-second skit-based comedy channels based around being in the military or formerly in the military, YouTube is now trying to push on me. I'm like, yeah, I might find this funny. I got friends that were ex-military and are in the military, but... I am not the target demographic for this. (laughs) It's like, have you been watching military stuff on TV? And and watching a lot of uh, Call of Duty commercials. Apparently. (laughs) I mean, that's the first thing that comes to mind is like, you've been like, well, I know one thing. I have been relentlessly getting a lot of Call of Duty ads on like, on like, YouTube and through like uh, the games like I've been playing on my phone, specifically KOF uh, All Star. Sure. So maybe you've been getting that. <laughs> and then they're like, hey, we hear you laugh a lot and also you like Call of Duty. <laughs> I've. Yeah, I-, I am truly baffled where it's like, here's the things we think you might be into. And I'm like, Wow, you've never been this consistently wrong. Well, maybe also Yu-Gi-Oh! leads naturally into BDSM advice? That's kind (laughs) of where I'm at at this point. Like, I'm assuming there's a Venn diagram out there that's like, Yu-Gi-Oh! card game history, BDSM relationship advice blogs, gun fanatics, and then, like, as a part of gun fanatics, like ex-military humor and like by their powers combined they're like this is where your algorithm's at and I'm like no that's wrong but okay hello and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast episode 189 yeah that sounds right oh gosh uh, I should I should I should really be keeping better track of that type of thing. <laughs> we'll 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 edit in post, right? No. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, if I'm willing to put a hockey like goal buzzer at the end of last week's episode, I'm probably willing to do some stuff now in editing now that more powerful computer again. <laughs> but anyways, uh it is just the two of us. I am Bracket Zero, a.k.a. Nomad Har, a.k.a. Just Henry, joined, as always, by Charlie, a.k.a. Mordak Undivided. We are missing an Alex today. In keeping with our, um, I guess, Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, 
focused intro this week, probably. Uh, he's not in the Shadow Realm. Yeah. YouTube, stop sending me videos about the fucking Shadow Realm, by the way. <laughs> I've cracked the code. That's why my phone thinks I'd care about Yu-Gi-Oh. It's all fucking Alex's fault. And maybe also the Shadow Realm. I don't know. I honestly don't know the other stuff. I, I definitely say, don't. No. I was like, can I relate to Shadow Realm to military humor? Not really. <laughs> I, if there's one thing I've learned in the last couple weeks I've been reminded of is that like Destiny is weirdly huge in the military community, as is Yu-Gi-Oh! occasionally. I'm not too surprised about Destiny 2, honestly, being being popular. I, I'm a little more surprised about Yu-Gi-Oh! because cards are, are just a little bit harder to kind of get necessary. Well, I don't know. I guess I'm thinking, I don't know, I guess it'd be fairly easy to get them on a military base. I got base. no fucking clue, dude, on this one. But, as far as being uh, liking Destiny 2, I th that that kind of checks out, to be honest. Does it? I, I, I'm only basing this on the fact that, like, the, the gaming clan I'm in has a surprising number of its uh, active military members that it, like, not surprising, surprising, but Seeing as we're a based out of U.S. clan kind of thing, it's like, oh, you guys are out of of that of so and so. Ah, how'd you want up there? Oh, right, military. Like we have, I think it's three or four different military firefighters, which I didn't hmm. know was a thing really before I joined the clan. And B, it's like, oh, cool. I was Australia. It sucks. Cool. Good to know. Hmm. <laughs> we are sorry about the fires in Australia, even though they're not, they're not our yeah. fault. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's but it's cool. Yeah, it's interesting that we said we do have military firefighters, and we did actually send them over, because, I mean, and we've sent over, like, people just also like civilian firefighters, too, but, yeah. I but, think they volunteered. I don't fully follow how we wound up there, but he's like, yeah, I'm in Australia, and I'm like, cool. I hear it's on fire. He's like, yeah, that's why I'm here. I'm like, oh, that tracks. But enough about that. So, what did you get up to this week? <laughs> you are really rusty at doing the intros. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I played some Destiny. I also played another game we talked about last week that I'm not sure if I'm allowed to actually talk about, so I'm not going to. The NDA on is kind of vague, but uh, I successfully hooked my Xbox One back up specifically to play it. That's so. weird. Definitely a game we talked about last week. Um, oh, okay. It's. I suspect you're thinking of that game, Henry. I'm. I'm not even actually sure. Oh, but... uh, we talked about it in the news last week. Uh, it's. I, I feel comfortable saying if you like Fantasy Star One, you'll probably like this one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I have a sad man that's playing it on a fucking Xbox One because I can't even wait for the PC version. Because part of me is like, this is fake. It's not coming to the U.S. after all these years. No. <laughs> and then here we are. Uh, but on top of that, I have been playing a lot of Destiny. I am in the final step of getting the seal for this season done. And uh, part of that was the new Sundial boss that dropped this week. I think it's a fucking fantastic addition to that game. <clears throat> I, I don't know if you've gotten through that yet. No, I'm not a part of any clans. I've thought about joining one, but I just haven't. The Sundial should have matchmaking, at least on normal mode. Uh, it's 
so part of the triumph for getting the seal so you get the title for this season is you have to do on hardcore mode and it's not like uh whatever his name is uh triumphs oblivion amorum or something he's definitely not the hardest boss i've done in death i've played against in destiny mechanic wise but he's kind of like skolas was in destiny one where like it's just a hard fight there's nothing complicated about it. it's just like yeah there's a bunch of cheap tactics in the good way like it's at the end of the time, at the end of the run, my clan was like, I was, I was running with, we're like, yeah, that was cool. Hard, but cool. Well, as long as it's one that has matchmaking, that might work out for me, because I tried out, alright, so there's a couple of, and I can't think of them right at the moment, because I don't have it in front of me, but there's a couple of, like, missions that I have yet to do that are about, like, you know, do this strike. It's like, I or or the strike version of this mission. I'm like, yeah. And I tried it on my own. I was like, no, I can't do this single single player. This is impossible. It's just I just keep dying and resetting everything. It's like, yeah, I can't even get halfway through this boss. Yeah, that's uh, some of those got matchmaking later on. But yes, you were running into a very specific complaint people have had about the game for a long time, which is. Man, I wish I had this exotic weapon I got from this quest chain. Oh, why don't you? Because I don't have friends that play frequently enough to get this working. Yep. But yeah, like, it's... It's the... Yeah, I yeah, I actually have my, uh... Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's, uh... Yeah, it's just... Yeah, it's... I do like that there's... Uh, there's a, I guess, relatively new thing, as far as I know, where there's uh, versions of some... Strikes that are like, uh, where it'll join you with a clan doing it or something, or I forget. It's like it's like a, an alternate sort of other. It's like an icon beside the strike icon. Yeah, and it's like what's it called? I can't remember what it's called now. But. Like adventures or something. Or yeah, it, yeah. It's like a but yeah. It's one where it just it'll join you up with the current group doing it rather than having matchmaking. Which is uh, kind of I, I like that. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, but yeah, because um, yeah, my quests. Oh yeah, okay. So I have my quest in front of me. Although this will be too difficult. But uh, yeah, it's just yeah. There's just certain certain like things that are just like here. Do these you know do this uh, do this mission or do this uh, thing. But yeah, you have to complete this. Oh yeah. Uh, one of them's a nightfall strike, but I could probably do that. Those have matchmaking, actually, those, for the low those, levels. Is the, those have matchmaking. You also have the problem of you're playing on Stadia, and the populations are low. Yeah, that is that is a thing. Oh yeah, the, the corrupted. Oh, I couldn't. I could not oh, do the corrupted. So that's the hardest strike in the entire game. Okay. Oh, that's good to know. Uh, the the corrupted is arguably harder than at least one of the raids is. Wow. Okay, so yeah, I tried that. I tried that solo. I was like, wow, I didn't even get the that. The corrupted is hands down the hardest strike in the entire game. Really? Like, I a, didn't... Especially on the harder difficulties, it is. I, no one will argue the corrupted is not the hardest strike. Like, the corrupted at normal level is, beat, is pretty easy, is, is pretty beatable, but it still takes twice as long as every other strike because it's a little bit hard. On like nightfall difficulties, it is hard. But yeah, there's yeah, and that's. I mean, it's not a 
big deal, but it is like, you know, I'd like to finish yeah. up some, you know, some of these things, some of these missions that I'm trying to, you know, get for some of the, you know, interesting weapons uh, that I'd actually like to pull off. Yeah. Well, because I didn't look into necessarily, like, yeah, I didn't look up the entire quest online. Oh, yeah, the other one is uh, the arms dealer. And I can't not pull off that boss on my own. Yeah, that, that's one, that one's not as bad as the Corrupted, but yeah, the final boss is not super soloable just because of the amount of ads that show up. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just, yeah, the, uh, the yeah, that, that was just like, I was not even getting that far on that boss at all. And so, yeah, I'm pretty good at doing a lot of the solo stuff. Like, I've definitely done some things some of the even some of the strikes basically solo. Yeah. Because I'm not bad at FPSs. I'm not awesome, but I'm not bad either. And I've gotten used to the weapons that I have, but we should yeah. pick some time and I can actually should just come help you out. Like we can probably yeah. two man a bunch of that content, but Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think really it just need if at least one other person is there to keep me alive. You know, or you know, to bring me back to life. Yeah, you're, that would be a big you, help. You are literally describing the ongoing conversation inside of Destiny of the Game, which is it's a very different game if you're a solo player. Like mm. it's it's part of why when I got back into Destiny Two, I'm like I'm finding a clan and fucking playing with one. Like I'm not doing this solo anymore. I can't. Like the 100 is not. I actually wonder what Stadia is like on the 100. But that's a separate topic. I, it's yeah. <laughs> Like, the 100 is a great resource, but also it is problematic as fuck. Mm. I, one thing I've been having fun doing, though, is I've been going through the solo missions a lot. Yeah. Like, uh, the, the uh, campaigns, like, past campaigns. I've been through almost all of them. I'm, let's see, I think I'm almost done with all of them, to be honest. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, some of them were a lot shorter, you know, some of them were obviously, like, Here's just a very small thing to introduce the new worlds, you know, the new the new uh, world setting that we're that we're having here. So, yeah, that's been that's been fun. I mean, those are definitely doable solo. Yeah. Like, there's nothing particularly difficult about them. Like, I rarely ever reset on any of those. But, uh, yeah, I do like that. There's actually di- actual difficulty. I mean, I don't mind difficulty. I don't, but some of this stuff definitely is meant to... You're not meant to do this alone. Like, the Leviathan, you can't do that on your own. No, very much no. You need a full fire team for that one. Yeah. Yes, I looked into it, and I was like, what is the Leviathan? Oh, no. It's a raid! That is a proper raid. Like, a proper... You must have a a full uh, fire team to pull that raid off. Yeah, especially that one, too. I think that's actually physically impossible to do let a full fire team, like, because you kind of have to split up into two teams, as far as I read uh, into it, like at at minimally. Points, yeah, I have. Yes, or like um, the bath section. Possibly it's soloable, but man, that sounds like a fucking nightmare. Try and solo that thing because there's four, five, four. Yeah, four plates you have to hold down at all points in time. Like yeah, physically okay, yeah, be on. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So it's like, uh, yeah, that's not. That's not, I can't. I'm not. That's a fire. That's for a fire team. When you do so, the graphics card, we'll do some raiding with my with my clan on PC or something. We will get you through some raids. It's a good yeah. clan. They're horrible people, but it's a good clan. <laughs> They're horrible people, but it's a good clan. 
That's what makes it a good Destiny clan. They're horrible people. <laughs> yeah. Probably enough about Destiny 2, though. It's not really changed much. I've the community event's kind of cool, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so what have you been up to, I guess? Like, that's... I, I've not been up to much. I've been appreciating the fact that they're making another fucking Saw movie. Beyond that, mm. like, I don't like horror movies, but I still enjoy every time a Saw movie gets announced, where it's like, yeah, I like Saw. Don't like watching what? them, but in concept, I like Saw. You like the concept. <laughs> First two movies are good. They're the all one... good. Like, as far as horror movies go, I enjoy them more than most. But at the same time, it's like, are they good? I'm like, fuck no. No. Well, I don't know. I think the first two are pretty interesting, pretty good. But the rest just kind of devolved in just torture porn. Yeah. And so, I, you know, it's just kind of like, that's that's less interesting than a psychological game. Yeah. But, yep. Yeah. So. But yeah, for me, I watched I watched uh, some shows that were pretty fun. So I watched. Well, first thing I watched an anime that's kind of fun and lighthearted. Oh, uh, called Science Fell in Love. So I tried to prove it, and it's about two scientists that that at a university that basically fall in love, but then they're like, "Are we really in love?" We have to actually scientifically test this. It's and got a so, fucking cavity from that description. Thanks. <laughs> so every episode is them and some of their colleagues basically playing around with like trying to figure out different ways of testing to see if like they're actually in love, such as like heart rate and like trying out different like those techniques. Like one of their colleagues is a like Definitely a big fan of shoujo manga. Sure. And so everything she suggests is like something out of a shoujo manga. Um, it's 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 got all of your kind of tropey type characters. You have your sort of guy super into dating sims who's giving them advice or giving them some try to sort sort of tests. They have a they have a sundere senpai. Or actually, I get no, not Sundere. Well, she's kind of Sundere, kind of Kudere. Uh, but yeah, that's although it's it's fun, it's lighthearted. I'm enjoying it a lot because I'm also a science boy, and I find it they're doing a pretty good job of a send up of sort of what happens when you overanalyze literally everything in your life, sure. which is which to a person like me, I'm like. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, this is this is this is this is definitely an anime for me. Yeah, I overanalyze the the shit out of everything. So, yep, yep. I'm like, I I could see myself doing something like this. So, but yeah, that's it's really good. It's it's lighthearted and it's fun, and it's it's yeah, it's not definitely not serious. It's it's a comedic series, and it's. And it's not, you know, mean comedic sure. at all. The other thing I watched this week of note, uh, I finally got to watch an episode of Picard. How is that? Super good. Okay. Really fucking good. Like, like the just the first episode, the setup for it is absolutely fantastic. Is this is something they could have fucked up pretty easily, but yeah, I mean, at this I point... You know, like Patrick Stewart 
is not really hurting. Like he's he's not exactly a desperate man for work. He's been a part of incredibly successful franchises at this point. Yeah. So like even the stuff he did, even the stuff he did that wasn't like overtly successful. I'm blanking on what the show was. He had like some like fake talk show thing he was doing for a chunk of time. Was still like critically acclaimed good stuff. It just didn't find its audience. So I mean, basically, he just you know he can kind of like if he didn't think it was good, like a good project for him to, he could just say you know I I don't think I'm really interested in doing this. Yeah. But oh, the setup is fascinating. Like I don't want to really give too much away of about it because yeah, you, the first episode really opens up the world, I mean, and tells you what's going on, and has a good setup to do that as well. There's sort of an interview that goes on with him, and that just ends up being a, you know, exposition for, is a whole setup for, you know, the background of what's happened, you know, why he is where he is, you know, and, you know, it's, it's good. It's really good. Like, it's, it's, this is the kind of Star Trek that I'm more interested in, that is, there is, there's a lot of obviously they're sitting up to do a series about heavily about politics and heavily about sort of uh, society and sort of uh, social issues and it's yeah it, this it, I I can definitely tell if they keep moving along like this and they keep kind of hitting on these things. I would definitely find myself super into this series, so I'm probably going to watch more of it. I do like the way it's set up. I think he's, you know, doing a stellar job of kind of going back into this character. Uh, they're also, I mean, they've already shown that they're bringing back some characters. Sure. I mean, so in the previews, it's like you'll see, like I saw Seven of Nine in there. Um. Uh, you know, you're seeing you know not just next generation people, but also I people like from like Voyager, data, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, um, Brent Spiner, who still fantastically is able to slip back into the role, I have to say, huh. in flat in flashbacks, of course, because we know that you know it's been a, it's been like a long time since the last the last movie where Data you know sacrificed himself. Yeah. So that's not a spoiler. Yeah, data's gone. That we were by. If you don't know that, that's you know over a decade. Yeah, <laughs> okay. oh, well over a decade ago. So I mean, he looks heavier uh, set, but now that now you're saying that, maybe I like I doesn't really matter if he's doing a good job. But I, yeah, I've just seen some pictures yeah, where he looks a little bit heavier set, and I'm like, huh, that's fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's 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 not. He's just older. Yeah, no, I mean, that's I, the it, thing. The act, the actor's just like no, yeah. as far as his ability to still do the the head movements and and voice ticks and sort of all the things that make him data. It's like he went right back into that, and it's just like uncanny. It's just like oh, that's data again. Because if you see the guy, you know, actually, you know, speak no, at sure, conventions yeah. and stuff, it's like. He's really goes deep into like portraying a character when he does data, and that's you know, and it's not really anything like him in real life. Yeah, but but yeah, his I have to say like his his going back into the portrayal of data is super good. But yeah, um, I'm you know, and there again, it's like there's nostalgia stuff here, but it's gonna it's hitting on some 
Obviously, there's stuff going on in the real world that it's kind of mirroring, and if sure. and if if you're aware of the world, you'll kind of see what it's trying to hit on. Because oh yeah, Star Trek has kind of done that, especially with the next starting with the next generation. That's really what Gene Roddenberry always wanted to do with it. Always what he intended to do with it. Ideas about you know cultures and diplomacy and political intrigue. Yeah, yeah. It looks like it's the new series is going to hit all of that. So cool. I, 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 and the first episode is just awesome. It's really good. It's good. But, but outside of that, I mean, as I just said earlier, I played Destiny Two. I've been playing it's Destiny Two. Yeah, and and it's. I'm hoping to find try to find some like. Well, I know that there. I'm not sure how to get it. Well, I saw something on how to get it, but a sword that is a uh, uh, a an exotic. An exotic. There's. I think there's only like one exotic sword. There's at but, least two. Okay, so there's two, but I'd like to get one of them because I do enjoy the swords. <laughs> and but, swords are yeah, getting I a remake s- or an update in the near future. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, that we're gonna. That's definitely among the news items. Yep. But yeah, um and yeah, looking for, you know, other things like well, I got the exotic loaded up for my uh uh for the shotgun, the fire shotgun. Ah, gosh, I can't remember the name of it now. The uh Order Wolves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's fun. It so, is. Yeah, I got, I got the, I got, yeah, you know, got enough. Basically, it's just like use it a lot, which is you know, not. That's a bad how most thing. the catalysts work too, which is important. Yeah, yeah Sturm and Drang work the same, but I'm not super into those two guns. The concept is fun, but they're not quite. They good are enough. very powerful in raids. No reloading. You just keep switching back and forth. Well, so like so the Leviathan raid you mentioned earlier, one of the strats for it is you just run Strum and Drang the entire time. So you have like a hundred super shots by the end of the raid. Mm. And you just melt Callus with it. It's a strategy. It's I don't know what you call it at that point. It's Yeah, I do like the handguns though in general. Yeah. Like I'm definitely a fan of I mean my main weapon right now is not even it's a uh uh Smugglers, uh, uh, smugglers, something or other. That's my main gun that I've been using a lot, and I have it masterworked just because I use it so much. I really like yeah. it. It's just a really good uh, burst fire pistol, and I like. I just kind of prefer the pistols over like machine guns and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's the problem. The game, ha- like, I'm with you on that. I don't like submachine guns that much. There are two. Dumb, good uh, SMGs in the game, though, but they're pinnacle weapons, and one of them was a big problem for a long time, because it was a crucible gun, and it was, like, Mm. the best thing in PvP and PvE. (laughs) Yeah, uh, and then I've liked bows, too. I'm not sure they're so, like, alright, so generally I don't like snipers. Yeah. I don't like sniper... Guns, uh, in any FPS period, I generally don't ever tend to use them. But the bows, I guess I don't know. Maybe they it's just, just the fact feel that you don't... good. Like there's a satisfaction yeah. to them. Yeah, I I kind of like the you know you pull it back and then I guess the idea of 
instead of clicking to fire, you let go to fire, yeah. and that that actually I don't know I like the feel of that better for something like a for a faraway shot. Yeah, I which there's also some really fun exotic bows in the game. I suspect you don't have access to yet. Like Wish Ender yeah, is really silly. Yet. Trinity Ghoul is really silly. Leviathan's breath is just dumb in the best way possible. Yeah, and I like that this season's like the kind of special item that you get where it it, it has uh where you can unlock unique like socket abilities with it. Yeah. Um has really good bow ones. Like one of them that's like just makes your bow pass through shields, which for a lot of, you know, for like Cabal and some others that yet yeah, yeah. use shields regularly, you just snap right through them. And it not only goes through energy shields, it goes through physical shields too, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Like uh but yeah, the uh but yeah, I've been I've been digging the bows using I have I have two bows right now that I've been occasionally kind of switching back and forth between. One of them is a primary or a, a kinetic weapon one, the other one's an energy weapon one and so yeah, but yeah, that makes them really extra useful because the other kind of special power that you can throw on them as a socket is the explosive arrows thing, which is also pretty cool. Yeah, so, that's my favorite. Yeah, I've been using the shield one just because there's just you know, a certain number of enemy enemies that are with shields that are very annoying. But, yep. Um, so, the other game that I tried out is Sonic Heroes. That's the mobile game. Go on. Yeah. It's a very meh mobile game. So, I mean, it's... Alright, so I got spoiled playing KOF All-Star because that is probably the best mobile game of its type I've ever played. Like, hands down. And I'm not just talking about the fact that it's kind of an it's an action, you know, uh, side-scrolling beat-em-up, but also just the way it does its currency is good, the way you get currency is mm. fun, the way you get... It's, it's a well-thought-out game, which is why it's so addictive to me, because... You, there's so much stuff to do for free. All you have to do is watch ads and some and other stuff. Just like it just throws all sorts of credits at you, and so it's easy to do a lot of stuff completely for free. And and so a lot of it it seems to be leaning heavily on ad stuff, which I'm fine with. In part because it seems like the seeps throwing the same three ads at me. It's like it's like please download Dark Knights. It seems to be what it's really telling me. I'm like. Yeah, that one actually looks like eh. But in any case, yeah, Sonic Heroes is about the most typical, typical mobile game where, yeah, the, you know, you usually have to have some certain amount of energy or action points to, like, do stuff within these it's mobile games. It's especially predatory at that. Oh, yeah, it's super predatory at that. Holy crap, it is. To the point that I'm like, I'm not sure if I'm going to keep playing this. Like I like that you know it's re- it's super grindy too, like it takes a long time to get anything of note. Whereas KOF All Star just throws stuff at you all the time. It's like yeah. oh here's f- here's free summons. Here's free like just like each day you get a free summon of a character. It may not if it's one that you already have. It gives you a form of currency that's used to level up character that character. So, I mean, even if you get a kind of one 
Yeah, and that even has the ability to re to reclaim that as just another type of currency used for buying stuff for other characters that you like more. So I mean, and Sonic Heroes is none of that. It is the most like straight down the line predatory game that I've ever you know, that I've played in a yeah. long time. I'm like, wow, this is this is not good. This is just like grindy, but then it's just like super predatory on its grindiness. And it's, yeah, it's, mm, I, and I thought I would like it more. I think because the concept is interesting because the way it works is the way the system works is it's a, uh, it's handy crush basically where you try to move things around and like get three in a row or whatever. You you can switch the position of two gems and then, you know, then that is connected to an RPG. And so you do, you, you connect gems to have a certain character in a certain slot do attacks. But that's super, it's, I found that to be not satisfying because it's so uh, RNG, random number generator, because, uh, yeah, it's like, I need a heal. I just need to heal my characters, but I'm seeing, like, no yellow gems on the fields to, to make my healer do the healing thing, so I guess I'll just die. So that's dumb. So that doesn't work out nearly as well as you think it might. Sometimes you just... It just doesn't give you a good mix of gems on the field to cast anything you need to cast, so it's like the enemy just ruins you. Yeah. I'm like, oh, well, that's... That, yeah, there's nothing about the game. It's like, it is a more soulless crash cash grab than usual for these types of games. Whereas with KOF All-Star, it seems like there's a lot of thought put into this to make it, I guess, still somewhat predatory, but it's more focused on throwing ads at you than just like, you have to spend money if you're going to do anything in this game that's any fun ever. Like, you could, you could, and, alright, so let me put it this way. Energy points. On KOF All-Star, mine have never dropped below a thousand. Like, and to put that in perspective, usually it takes between 10 to 30 to do any, to do any of the missions. It just throws its action points at you. Like, it's just like, here's more. Here's more for cheap. Here's just, here's rubies, here's action points, here's everything you need to do in the game. Just, we'll just throw it at you and you'll have, always have more than you'll ever need. And yeah, and it's like, I guess unless you're actually trying to level up every single character to its maximum level, which I don't care to, I'm just focusing on like the characters that I like. <laughs> I'm not even focusing necessarily on the good characters, but it's like, Sonic Heroes is not like that. It's not, it is, like I said, it is about as predatory and sort of like, do anything in this game fun, you have to pay money and grind a lot. And KOF has so many different mechanics in it. I guess I got super spoiled with that because Sonic Heroes is just a pile of shit compared to it. So... Yeah, and KOF, I also hits my nostalgia factor because I've always been a fan of the KOF series. But yep, so that's that's me in gaming for the week. Sonic Heroes, pile of shit. Be more like KOF All Star. <laughs> <laughs>
You don't really play a lot of mobile games. I, do you? I mean, you've not. talked about playing. I mean, I know you played. I, you tried out the Call of Duty. Mobile. Yeah, I'll play the occasional game every once in a while. Like, I don't actively seek them out. I'm a big fan of idle clickers, but again, the very point of an idle clicker is you download the game, set it up, and then ignore it for several months, and you go, "All right, I've got time to kill." What's going on in Wiz Khalifa's weed farm? Oh, that's what's going on. Neat. See you again in another oh, yeah. year and a half. <laughs> But yep. No, I. It's, yeah. This, this yeah. is not me like, I mean, looking down my nose at phone gaming people, but I, it's very few gaming experiences on my phone are up to my standards of what I want out of a game. Like it's, I enjoy the occasional puzzle game on them. Like I, at the same time, unlike lots of other people out there, I am very willing to spend money on mobile games if I think they're good. But at the yeah, well, yeah, I've, I've spent some money on KOF All Star. But Sonic Heroes is like even like I said, the main game mechanic is still uh, yeah. is not even like fun. So I'm like, <laughs> so you may have no context for this, but there was a like a, a console slash PC release of Marvel Hero of uh, not Marvel Heroes, um, Sonic Heroes, right? There was. Uh, let me check on this. Said, um, I know. Yes, this was it. it so, yes, there was. Ooh, a while ago, this really? is like a GameCube game. I, I'm remembering this correctly, and I'm really curious how the console version compares to the PC version. Oh well, this it's version. completely different. Yeah. That's completely different. Um, yeah, yeah. Sonic, the Sonic Heroes game for the you know for the the old the actual proper piece yeah. or the platform game is a platformer. It's this. It's a normal. Sonic game. It's just I that you go have that far. It's got some weird, but yes. Oh, it's it's got some weird mechanics, but it's nothing like the the mobile game. The mobile game, like I said, is an RPG with a with a uh, gem crusher mechanic. Oh, sure, yeah, to, to make it run. So it's it's completely different beast. That's fair. I was hoping it's gonna be the weird tri team thing they had going on in Heroes in some bizarre oh, no, way. Oh no, no. The way it works is is like it has characters from many different like Sonic or the Sega franchises. Yeah. And you can get them, and each one has a kind of a color, and the color is associated with one of the four gems. You can have one of each on your team, so that so like whenever you is it do Sonic a, do a Heroes yellow... or Sega Heroes? Oh, uh, oh, it's Sega Heroes. Okay, sorry, yeah. I I don't know why I wrote it as Sonic Heroes. I think it's because it's like it's got Sonic kind of... in it. So few things have Sonic in them these days. Yep, anything good that is. So yep, but yeah, it's. Yeah, Sega Heroes, not a not a good I game. I am loving Don't the fact that I'm it. looking at like an advertisement for this. That the three Sega character, the three Sonic characters they pull are Sonic, Knuckles, and fucking Rouge the Bat. Not Tails, not even like Shadow or something. Fucking Rouge the fucking Bat. Yeah, it was like in ex- all of one game, as far as I, I think I know. she's in like two or three, but mostly she has the like she she has the weirdness of. Yeah, we made a sexy Sonic character. No, they've always been sexy. Nah, sexy for not weird Sonic fans. Oh, yeah, just furries <laughs> in general. Oh, yep, she's a bat. That's her thing, and she kicks things. She she she's actually uh, a good like in Sonic Adventure Two. That's the only one I remember her from. She's actually kind of a cool character. She actually has yeah. A she, good, she's the like, evil kind of... Knuckles, which is even weirder in some ways. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. She basically has Knuckles' powers, this mirror of Knuckles' powers. She can but... dig. <laughs> yep. Because you know but bats, she's... like echidnas, known for their digging. Yeah, and echidnas, known for flying? Please, it's gliding. Whatever. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's... Yeah, play KOF All-Star, don't play Sega Heroes. KOF All-Star is good. Like, unquestionably, a lot of time went into the design of the game because it's addicted the heck out of me. And I've only, I've, I've paid a little bit of money. Like, I probably put five bucks into it. But in that game, five dollars goes a long sure. way. Like, that's, that's a the thing. It's thing, like, I guess, at least. Yeah, it's like, if you spend any money on that game, it's just like, it's going to go a ton long way where, as far as I can tell in, in Sega Heroes, spending, throwing money at it, it's not a great, won't do a whole lot for you. Whereas, yeah, if you spend, like, if you want to spend, like, 20 bucks on KOF All-Star, you're going to get, like, mega characters, like, so much. You're going to, there again, even get more. I've already told you how generous it is just with giving stuff away for free. Yeah. Yeah, if you pay, it just dumps it on you. So, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really disappointed. I was hoping that Sega Heroes would be like, hey, we've put a lot of time into making the mechanics of this really interesting, but I'm, but it is, yes, I've played other games, you know, I've played other mobile games. I don't play a ton of mobile games, but yeah. I think, I think it's rare to find one quite as good as KOF All-Star. Yeah. But, yep. That was. Yep. That, that's your Sega Minute of the Week. Of the Week. <laughs> <laughs> More than a minute, uh, not by yeah. much. Yep. Yeah. Guess that means it's news time. News. It's weird every time you do it, but I appreciate it. Yeah, I got it. I, you know, send, send Alex a little bit of love. Or. Something. Sure, we can say it's that. <laughs> uh, let's start off with the uh, most uh, Destiny-relevant one to get out of the way. As we kind of alluded to when we were talking about Destiny, they are indeed kind of redoing how the swords in Destiny work. Now, for those not clear, historically, swords have worked by you put ammo in them. Yes, you put ammo in your swords. They take up your heavy slot. Mm -hmm. Not much about that is changing, but they are adding a gauge system where a lot of players, myself included, were like, man... Why can't I use my sword all of the time, hypothetically? Like, I get it needs ammo to be good, but, like, occasionally I just want to hit sit with a sword, and they've changed it from your sword's out of ammo to having a gauge, where light attacks won't use up a lot oh. of the gauge, but heavy attacks will use ammo and the gauge. Yeah. Um, are they taking out the ammo? Is no, that no, what they're saying? The ammo go... to, I think, heavy attack and block is my understanding of it. You can still do basic attacks with it. You also... I don't know. See, uh, um, I don't know. It seems like... No, guarding will now drain sword energy. So, yeah. so actually, they're replacing the guarding using up your ammo, which is good. Yeah, that makes sense. So attacking... Uh, heavy attacks... Okay, so what they're having is... is uh, no, so heavy attacks will drain, in, instead of... Guarding will drain sword energy, not ammo. Yeah, and heavy attacks consume energy. I'm guessing that's in return for not consuming as much ammo, because they used to just, you know, take off a big chunk of ammo for each so one So the did. wording here is heavy attacks without energy will be much weaker, but still possible. 
Yeah. yeah. It'll be like a boosted version, yeah. I guess, at that point. I don't know. Light attacks will loop indefinitely. That's, That's super a big good. deal, yes. Yes. Because the thing is, is like, for now, like, the trade-off between using, like, my sword and, like, my rocket launcher that I like, the twin-tail fox, three hit attack. Yeah. It's, not a, it's not a good trade-off, because... The twin-tailed fox is so much damage. Yeah. Like, it, it it ruins bosses. Like, when I've been using it against bosses, it just annihilates bosses pretty yep. quickly. It clears a room, and you just don't do that with the sword. Yeah. So it is, it is a weird trade-off. The swords, they probably need... I think they need to make a sword that's not a heavy weapon. That's an energy weapon or I, a uh, kinetic. Let's see how this goes first. I... Because they're no more powerful than a shot, good shotgun. Uh, you've not used them. There's a specific point in a raid where they are beastly. It's There is stuff you can do with a sword you can't do with any other weapon in the game, which is why they're in heavy weapon slot. Like it's, They have some stuff that's unique to them, I guess. Like, and it's, it's... So I guess... I'm curious as to what exactly you're talking about. Because... So in the uh, the garden raid, um, what's it called? Uh, there's a point in that raid where you fight a bunch of minotaurs that if you have a sword that has, um, if, if you have a void sword, you can one shot them because hmm. it cracks the shield and kills them with one heavy swing. It's, it's mostly about the heavy swing and the, the what you call it? The, um, the block that makes them special. Like it's, if you're matching the element correctly and using them kind of correctly, they do a ton of damage. There's also a bit of an aspect of back in uh, Destiny 1, there were only three swords available originally, and each one was just a fucking powerhouse of damage in different ways. They don't quite have that much variety in the new game, but I, it's, I don't think you can move them out of heavy weapon slot because then people will be using them too much. Like, it's... They were a big problem in the Crucible meta for a little while, too, just because you could use them a little too much, and they're basically a one-hit kill with a light swing. So it was possible to just kind of, like, rack up way too many kills by laming it out with them, and at the time there was no but good the counter. The thing is, in, in Crucible, you really don't have great... Or I, well, I guess so you do way more in Crucible. Oh, no, actually, Crucible, you don't... It's really hard to rack up any heavy ammo at all. Yeah, and that's something else they've been kind of toying around with. It used to be a little too easy. It used to be you ran a sword and you'd get sword ammo, and then you would just have enough sword ammo for the rest of the game to wipe out an entire team, which was real shit to play against. Like it, but but now it's like you never get it. Like if you're just playing against a really competitive team yes. where you're just killing each other a lot, you like I've gone entire games where I've gotten maybe like like. Sword am like the heavy ammo yeah. like twice. Like I've I've only ever held it twice. Yeah. And that seems too fucking low. It's it's a topic of ongoing debate in the community, I guess. Like it's we've had way more heavy ammo. We've had way like heavy ammo's still in a weird spot just across the board, I think, for everyone. And I'm not gonna be able to try and fix it here because I don't mind how it's set up right now. But I also remember what it was previously, and what it was previously was heinous. Mm. Like, but you also got to remember, there was a point in time where shotguns, sniper rifles, fusion rifles, rocket launchers, grenade launchers, 
and swords were all the same slot. They kind of still no, are. No, they're not. Part. So you had two primary weapons. You didn't like. I'm I, like literally. You couldn't equip a sword and a shotgun at the same time previously. Oh, yeah. okay. They fill similar roles. I'm talking. They were the same equipped slot. Like shotguns took mm. heavy dam. Uh, took heavy ammo. It was bad. Mm. Yeah. Now there's even you know primary ammo shotguns. Uh, like, that's you know, kinetic the- versus energy. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird ongoing topic, but yeah, yeah, oh yeah they still they still take special yeah. ammo. That is, yeah, they still take the special ammo, yep. but not the heavy ammo. But. Yeah, this is only kind of newsworthy for our standpoints because there's been some speculation about whether or not this is to combat some kind of speedrunning stuff that gets done because there's a weapon called World Line Zero that's an exotic sword that lets you do some dumb stuff, which. I think this is one of those ones where you can have all the conspiracy theories you want. Swords have been in a bad place for a long time, and it's cool to see them come back. I'm also not sure, like, if you wanted to add more weapons to Destiny, you have to start adding melee weapons at this point, because there's not a lot of gun archetypes to play around with, and the next season's apparently called Season of the Worthy. That sure as fuck sounds like a melee-based season in some weird way. Hmm. But we shall see. Yeah, exotic stuff won't happen till March when Season of the Word comes out. So, more on that then, I suppose. Mm-hmm. It'll be cool to use swords again, though, hypothetically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got some coming to Steam news. Not so much news about specific games, just uh, Metro Exodus is finally going to be available on Steam starting February 15th, the day after Valentine's Day. I it does not appear that that thing being a, a Epic Store exclusive hurt that game sales at all. In fact, it may have helped it out some. I, of the three Metro games, that one's my least favorite because of its open worldness. I, but Epic bad. I, sure, <laughs> fuck it. Why not for this one? I, I knew Alex was going to say it. Yeah. I, if you're excited for this one, get hyped. It's a decent enough game. It retains all of its kind of Metro. Metroness, uh, if you were like me that really liked the kind of claustrophobic horror survivor feel the first two games had, especially the first one. Like I it's I, I'm probably of guilty thinking each each iteration of that franchise has been a little bit worse than the previous one. The second one just improved the controls so much it's hard to kind of say that about it. Mm. I, it's it's a good game still. I don't think it's as good as its previous ones though, so take that as you will. Uh, in the same concept, though, uh, Fallout 76 will be coming to Steam on April 7th. You mean not on April 1st? I really feel like there's a missed opportunity there, <laughs> in all honesty. <laughs> because you're a fool if you play that well, game. Well, so this is where it gets kind of interesting. <clears throat> so, alongside the uh, April 7th release, uh, the Wastelanders update. The update teased at an E3 ago where they're going to, you know, add NPCs to the fucking game to interact with will launch at the same time. <laughs> so, if you've ever said something snide like, "Oh, Fallout 76 is just a paid beta," it sure as fuck looks like that may be really the case. Just not called that. Which it was makes just it one shitty. long beta until they brought it to Steam. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen some jokes flying around about that too, where it's like every game, like, "Oh, it's now just a paid beta system." It's like you're, you're it's. Beta is exclusive to other platforms. It's like I get what the joke is, and 
if Fallout 76 works really well after it comes to Steam, we're never going to hear the end of this. But, God. <laughs> so who here thinks it's going to be hopelessly broken on day zero? I, I don't hope for anything. This, like, as, as, this guy. As much fun as I have talking about how fucking broken that game is, I would love for the Fallout fans to get a game that's good. Like, I, I, yeah. if I go back to all of y'all that are still out there being like, we're having fun, we're making it work. Like, do you, but also stop being like, it's not that bad. The game's got a bad rep. It's got a bad rep because the game sucks. Yeah. Like, I get it. You paid money right. and you're having fun with it. Don't keep trying to get people to buy into it, though, at this point. It's not a good game. <laughs> yeah. Call me back when it's, you know, not awful in in weird ways. And when April 7th rolls around, we might be like, yeah, it's fine now. And then we'll be like, that means the last year and a half has been criminal. <laughs> yeah. See, that's what makes it, yeah. you know, like you hinted at, that makes the whole thing worse. If like, yeah, that, if this actually makes it into a good game, why didn't you just do it I... like this to start with? Yeah. But, yep. Yeah. We got some Dave, uh, not some, not some Dave Dev. That's a whole separate podcast about developing Dave. Um, Dave, um, Dave. Oh fuck, I can't talk today. Uh, game Dev kind of general updates. Uh, got some silly ones first. Uh, so um, Shira Sakurai, you know the Sakurai behind the Smash franchise, got out there and said, "Yeah, there are too many Fire Emblem characters in Smash. I get it." He agrees. That's Ma Ma Masahiro. Sorry, you're right. What did I say, Mashiro? I said, you're yeah. I bet. Yeah, I I think it kind of responds to the general reaction to um, Bailiff. Even he got out there and was like, yeah, there's a couple too many. I get it. I don't disagree. There's eight. Well, when you put crap. it in that perspective, you realize it's like a, that's a full fucking fighting game roster at launch, hypothetically, by itself. Not a good roster, yeah. but like, that's when you'd be like, okay, cool, we're going to add a bunch of characters to it real quick, hopefully. Yeah, and he does, you know, he does go into say, you know, like it, it it's based on what Nintendo, you know, through talks what Nintendo wants to bring. Yeah. And there again, you know, we talked about why they wanted to do add a new Fire Emblem character, but that just means like maybe they should have added so many in the past. Well, I think it's one of those ones where the problem is now the whole selling point of Ultimate is everyone's here. And if you just had like one or two Fire Emblem characters per iteration, that was whatever. When you put all of them in one game, you go, yeah, there's eight of them. Holy fuck. It's like, I know it's a popular, you know, a popular franchise, but is it that much popular than literally everything else? I mean, Zelda characters, there's only like four. And that's, that's, that's Zelda. You know, like a star franchise. There aren't even that many Super Mario characters in the game. And that's a, that's arguably even you know, their their big franchise. Yeah. So I mean, well, that, yeah, that, it seems that does raise a the question. Crazy amount. What is the most like successful, or what is the most popular, or well, so like, what is the big franchise for Nintendo at this point? Like, is it still actually the Zeldas and the yeah. Mario's? Oh yeah, it's obviously the Zeldas and the Mario's. I mean, yeah, Fire Emblem sells a lot. But there's way more Mario games. 
and way more Zelda games. So, I mean, those are obvious. They wouldn't be able to sell that many of those if they weren't just outrageously popular I'm not, I'm not franchises. saying they're not, but I guess I'm kind of like, if you put all the Fire Emblem fans in a room and all the Nintendo, like all the Mario fans in a room, which group is bigger at this point, in all honesty? I yeah. Oh, Mario fans, I'd See, say, easily. I, I would have thought that a couple years ago, but I don't know at this point, literally. I, I'm not trying to be difficult on this one. It's just, it's like... But just, just think of how many different Mario games there are. Like, even beyond just Thor to the Mario well, Maker and the Mario right, and I guess, Odyssey like, I've bought and Mario games. Whatever. I don't think of myself as a Mario fan, though, either. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't like most Mario games. I played that uh, most recent one because it was it's, weird. I mean, it's like Luigi's Mansion, you know, is included in there. I mean, there's there's a lot of different, even sub-franchises within the Mario See, franchise. See, I wouldn't include Luigi's Mansion fans in that, though, too, because those are very different so I get what you're saying, though, too. Like, it's it's a shared we universe. We don't even have... Yeah, we don't even have that many of the Mario characters. We don't even have eight Mario characters in there. Like, Super Mario Brothers characters in there that I can think of. Mario, you know, Mario, so, Dr. Mario, Luigi, Peach... Princess, yeah. But that's five. Yo- Yoshi. Yoshi at six. Um, uh, Bowser. Donkey Kong. That's yeah, Bowser is yeah, 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 and but Donkey Kong is is his own is, thing. He's kind of his own franchise. Uh, yeah, at but this you can also count Diddy Kong and that then to it. That one's that two at nine. But yeah, it's, that's a stretch. Yeah, that's a oh Paulina's in there. She's Mario. Uh, she's yeah. I guess she's arguably yeah Mario. Yeah, because she's. Yeah. She's from classic Donkey Kong and Odyssey. No, um, what the uh, uh, the other princess, the other Toadstool princess from Galaxy, oh, whose name eludes oh, me. Oh, oh, uh, oh, I know Paulette? who you're talking I think about. He's something. No, it's not Paulette. That's uh, Paulette is the name of the Donkey Kong uh, damsel in distress in Odyssey. You're thinking of? Oh yeah, I know. She's another blonde-haired character. I don't remember her yeah. name though. But yeah, oh yeah, yeah, she is in there. But, yeah, I, I guess, Aldo, it's weird to have that many Fire Emblem characters. But I guess the other problem is, and even he said it, there's too many swordsmen. Yeah. Like, if you want to break it down into characters with swords, you wind up with a shockingly high percentage. Like, I'm just looking at the list now, and, yeah, I'm looking at it, like, all there of are them. three in a row on this list I'm looking at, where it's like, yeah, they're all sword characters. Like, literally all eight are sword yeah. characters. Just that the newest one can switch between a sword and other yeah. weapons, and that's yeah, all of them are swords characters. Is just like that's whereas you get with the Mario characters, they're all kind of distinct. Like they're 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 not they're not all the same character. <laughs> they're not. They definitely don't all use the same mechanics. Including DLC all characters, different. there are nine Super Mario characters. They are. Uh, Mario, Luigi, Princess Peach, Daisy, Bowser, Dr. Mario, uh, Rosalina and Luma, Baby Bowser, and Piranha Plant. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Rosalina was the one we're trying to think of. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, it's, I don't know, I guess that's still a fair amount. I mean, but you would expect that many from a flagship title. But I guess Fire Emblem has pretty much become a flagship title. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. No more comp. I was getting at nothing more than just. I could imagine that's actually a pretty big fucking deal with the Nintendo at this point, where it's like, 
this is the other big franchise we have in this game, even if like the purists don't think that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm. I wouldn't call myself a purist. It's just like I kind of forget sometimes just how how popular it is. I think it's more of a thing of they're all the same character. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, to a play little bit. With. Yeah. So. Yeah. But. <laughs> but. But. Yeah. I don't. I don't even like. I don't even like Smash Brothers anyway. Fight me. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on from that, we've got another kind of silly dev uh, thing. Uh, so, I've been in this camp for a long time too. That thinks uh, Kiryu from uh, the Yakuza franchise should be the next uh, guest fighter in Tekken. Uh, the inclusion of mm. Geese Howard kind of was like, man, why the fuck is Kiryu not in this game yet? And. Uh, Harada, the uh, the the lead dev behind this, uh, Mr. Tekken himself, if you will, I guess, like has taken this up to the people that would make the decision on several times, and they're like, "No, but what if we put you in a Yakuza game?" Well, that that's not you know thinking about how many just actors they've yep. tapped to be in the Yakuza series. That's not really super surprising. That's kind of like well, huh, especially because like. A all jokes aside, like Harada's personality is a fucking Yakuza game character. Well, just just look up what he looks yeah. like. Like Man seriously, was just born just look at the way it's like Chinko Parlor is all I'm gonna say. Yeah, it's like you just pull him up on on YouTube images and it's just like, yeah, yeah, that 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 checks out. <laughs> yeah, this that that definitely checks yeah. out. The fact that he's wearing sunglasses almost yeah. all the time, like one hundred percent. Just whenever of the he announces time, a which... character that leaks out of gaming from, he's like, "Shut up! I know it doesn't. I know it leaked already, but we have to do this still." Like it's the man is great. Like he's what you want that leading the leader of a team that's doing a fighting game to be like at a tournament where it's like, "Yeah, we know you all know already, but middle fingers up, fuck all y'all. I'm doing my bit." The guy seriously wears sunglasses almost yeah. constantly. Look at Harada. <sighs> That's amazing. Yep, that checks out. I think there's a video of him (laughs) taking off his sunglasses and having a second pair of sunglasses behind the sunglasses out there. (laughs) That feels like a thing he did once as a joke, where it's like, oh, I'll take off my sunglasses, smaller, identical pair of sunglasses directly behind it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Last but not least, I guess, on, definitely not least, actually, arguably the most important of our dev news. Um, Actually, no, we've got two more things. My bad. I've uh, Dan Hauser of Rockstar co-founding fame and current VP of Rockstar is leaving. It's not quite clear what he's leaving to go do if he's just straight retiring, but he is departing. Uh, his brother, I think it's Sam Hauser, is staying with the company. Uh, it's not a lot that's been out there except that the departure is indeed happening in the upcoming months, but yeah. Yeah, and he's, I mean, that's the thing is like, he's not just like a businessman. He was like a primary like writer yeah. for games, like a designer and writer. So I mean, he's he's uh, you know that's that's a pretty big departure. Yeah. You know that's you know that's there's definitely some heads of studios that are just like they all they really did was the business side. They didn't really do development well, in any way. He's been with Rockstar since the start too. Like it's yeah, I mean he's, yeah, he, he found he helped found Rockstar. Like, I know it sounds like oh whatever. But like he, that meant he was working and coding and doing the work for the original Grand Theft Auto games. Like, yeah, and so that's so him leaving is kind of a kind of a big yeah. deal. 
It, it seems I'm I'm guessing it really seems like it might be like a retirement more than you know. Uh, then that's you know, what I'm uh, hoping it is. Weird. As awful as that sounds, um, yeah, well, in a certain sense, yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. That it's not for like weird or bad yeah, reasons and, that he's just leaving because I'm retiring. I want to enjoy my family well, like instead of putting it on, on a bank eighty kind of hours thing. a like week. You're, you're revving up for Grand Theft Auto Six in the eventual future, and like it's like I just don't want to go through that again. Totally can respect that. Yeah. That is, yeah, as best I can tell, a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. But yeah, he was he was in you know a a very involved figure. Yeah. Like I said, he wasn't just like a guy manager sitting at the top. He was actively involved in development for a very long time. So, and you know, as as a part of the founding of, so yeah, that's 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 kind of sad to see that. But yeah, I I hope it's for like you said for you know you know good because reason, he's just kind of good reasons. Reasons yeah. that will come out in the upcoming months. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ugh. That's we always have to be careful when we talk about that type of stuff. Um, sorry. Yeah. Actually, last but not least on our dev news, we have to talk about uh, Rod Ferguson. Uh, you may know that name. He's been the head of Gears of War since Gears of like a director of a boss of Gears of War, for lack of a better phrase, since Gears of War started. Uh, he made the jump from Epic to Microsoft when Gears of War kind of got absorbed by Microsoft and. He is now leaving to go work at Blizzard, most likely on Diablo. And this would be kind of big news all by itself. It's a pretty big kind of fixture of a company going to another company. It's kind Mm -hmm. of Ferguson's reputation that makes this all the more interesting. Uh, So for better or worse, Ferguson has kind of a reputation as a guy that gets shit done, meaning games get finished, games get closed out, games ship. Like he is, he's he's yeah. famous from kind of getting Bioshock Infinite out the door. Uh, that's probably the kind of the most notable one of some kind. And if you want to extrapolate what his move over to Blizzard means, it means that Blizzard's gone from whatever the fuck they're doing now to we got to start shipping some goddamn games. Yeah, I mean, in light of all the debacles that have been going on, I think it really it's like we don't not just we need to ship some games. We need to ship some games now. Before we literally lose every single bit of yeah. like goodwill from ever from our from our base, because at this point, you know, with the you know the Warcraft three, uh, you know, rebranded, yeah. uh, <laughs> released, but somehow worse. Yeah, it's yeah, uh, they got they're 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 quickly tanking their support, and yeah, this is a we got to get a good product. Not just a product. We got to get a good product out the door now, yesterday, and that's what yeah. it's telling me that they're 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 in. A, they're actually realizing maybe finally we act. We can't literally dump every single bit of goodwill that we've ever gained. Like we got to keep some of it, or else we won't continue to exist as a company. Like there is a breaking point where finally people will be like. I'm not buying that anymore. Well, I so... think they're also have kind of a backs against the wall moment too, where like Overwatch was the last game that I think that Blizzard could sell because Blizzard kind of thing. And like yeah. Overwatch is a beloved game. I'm not saying lots of people don't like it. I don't mm-hmm. like Overwatch. I think Overwatch is kind of a boring ass game. And I know I'm in 
a somewhat minority of that because a lot of people fucking love that game. Like the OWL exists because that game is dumb popular, but like even Warcraft three, I did not play a ton of over the years. I still like that game. Like if you go back far enough, even world of Warcraft, which I quit eventually, I still was like, yeah, I'll check this game out again. The gap between War, uh, Warcraft 3 and Overwatch, there was like, what, two games that came out in that time span? Diablo 3 and God, I'm, and Starcraft, Starcraft 2, both of which yeah. did not do as well as they were expected to. No, like Starcraft 2 was still overshadowed by yeah, Starcraft. Like, fuck, the esports stuff for Starcraft has gone back to Starcraft and did not stick with Starcraft 2. Yeah, which is yeah. weird, but not super, but not unexpected. Yeah. Into a certain I extent. like StarCraft yeah. too, but also I only played the first one. I didn't play the other two expansions that came out. Also, because I had no interest in going back to the game after I beat it once. But yeah, I I, I think it'll be interesting to watch Blizzard in the upcoming years because I think we're now at a point where Blizzard doesn't get by on just being Blizzard anymore. Like I I think Overwatch was really the last time they got to skate by on it's a Blizzard game. I I'm curious if you were to go back and, like, if you had people that kind of where Blizzard's at now reviewing Overwatch when it came out, if it would be as positively reviewed as it was at the time. Hmm. Yep. See, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, this is a, this is a prediction, and I don't, I, this is a low percentage chance prediction, but I think we may be, like, a few months down the line reading some news. Rod Ferguson departs Blizzard. Yeah. Oh, it seems likely, yeah. It's just like, I think what he's gotten used to, you know, with Gears of War and, you know, what, you know, his group that he, that he was a part of there, like, he had a lot of freedom, like a lot of power and a lot of freedom. And, uh, it just, uh, I don't know. I think he's going to get to Blizzard and realize, like, they're just going to be telling me what to do constantly. And I'm not sure how much I like I'll that. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and assume he's kind of been smart enough to know what that's going to be like going in. But I think what happens with him, like, it could be no more complicated than he's showing up to be like, yo, Diablo 4 out the door, going back to Gears now kind of thing. Like, I don't know what, like, that might be all this is. But I think if he stays around or if he kind of, like, departs before Diablo 4 gets out there in a substantial way, it's time to start reading into what the hell that says about Blizzard at this point. Yeah. I'm not putting a high percentage on it, but I'm like, it's not an unheard of thing we've seen happen with games where you see a, and we've even reported it on it, where it's like a prominent yeah. person seems to leave. And, yep. A prominent person seems to leave in the middle of, you know, development is like, oh, that's not a good idea. That's not a good look. And with the shit show as Blizzard has proven to yeah. be, that's the thing. I don't put a high percentage on that happening, but I super wouldn't you be surprised. You just don't know at this point. Yeah, like, it's... Delays are no longer an indication necessarily of a game in trouble. They're not a good sign, but like, mass studio departures, that's the telling one of, okay, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, that's all... We've never seen that, like, be, like, and harbing harbinger of good news. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, speaking of harbingering, we got more coronavirus news this week. Mm. And 
I don't know to say the sense without sounding kind of weird, but it is kind of interesting seeing a major world event that in theory has nothing to do with video games impact video games in a way that like on paper you could have totally predicted, but like I didn't expect to be talking about some of this stuff this week or ever as part of the coronavirus kind of fallout. Uh, but so let's get into it, I guess, as part of that. Um, Outer Worlds uh, had a Switch port coming. I think we talked about that last week, and I grimaced at that. Well, it's apparently going to be delayed to sometime after April because of the coronavirus. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, that's that's kind of interesting. Oh, yeah, another thing that was kind of yeah, announced. Sorry to flesh that out some. Is- uh, Take-Two has a team called uh, Virtuous that I assume works out of uh, impacted area. Yeah, I've- Singapore, Singapore. Yeah, which is not necessarily a hotbed right now, but it's close enough. Oh, yeah, it's very, I mean, yeah. Singapore is extremely close to China. But, yeah, and and so there's and there's a lot of sort of you know, travel between the yeah. two countries as well. well and I, so this kind of leads directly into our kind of expansion of this topic, but uh, so the coronavirus is going to start impacting uh, Japan's switch shipments, both from a manufacturing mm-hmm. standpoint and in actually shipping them. There's going to be whole quarantine stuff put in place. And this is no more prevalent mm-hmm. than in, I guess, uh, Animal Crossing edition of the Switch they've just announced, which looks cute and cool. They've, I think, I believe I'm reading this right, they've stopped orders temporarily because it's not, they've delayed them at least, because it's not quite clear what yeah. that's going to mean ultimately. Uh, yeah, it's, and it's because, you know, so much hardware is, is manufactured yeah. in China. And that's why this is, and so the fact that it's happening is, not a surprise, yeah. obviously. Well, like to add like kind of the weirdness to this factor, as it turns out, the EU and the American versions of the our American switch shipments won't be impacted because the time it takes to get here to port acts as a quarantine zone, ironically. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I thought that thought, thought was kind of fascinating, where it's like, huh, okay, because the long ass time it takes to get here. Yeah. Yeah. Is enough time to properly quarantine it? Mm. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's like yeah, like you said, it's like it's interesting to see that you know that when the real world uh, has a direct effect on you know that's not gaming related in itself, well, but about, has like, an effect the, just because of because it has an effect on the larger people well, and we've population. Talked about and, the past, like the uh, the tariffs and stuff like that, which. Yeah. Intellectually, you got how they impacted, but you really couldn't see a direct one-to-one as easily as you can with this, where it's like, yo, people are sick. What's that mean? They're not making consoles. Yeah. They can't do their jobs because they're breathing disease into your packaging, and you don't want that. Yeah. It's a bit of an extreme way of putting it, but yeah, that's that's quite that's essentially what the situation is, where it's like, hey, we want to ship this stuff, and we can't. Why? The air that came from that factory is potentially hazardous. Yeah. And not in like a normal pollution way, in a potentially deadly virus kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. Where to go next? Um, let's, let's do some happy news for a little while. Uh, Wonderful 101, one of my favorite games for the Wii U, is coming to the Switch. It's getting. I have not played that. I've, Wonderful yeah, 101 I've not, is not. a fun, tongue-in-cheek, ridiculous gimmick, cute-ass game that's about directing 101 superheroes into, like, forming various shapes, like a fist and a sword, 
you then wield the strike enemies. It's platinum. It's actioning as hell. It's it's a cool game that because it was on the Wii U, uh, yeah, did not get the attention it deserved, and also like it didn't play super great there. But yeah, yeah, something by nature of coming to the Switch, it's getting a larger audience than ever got on the Wii U, which is great because I would love to see a one a wonderful one hundred two. The game had style and personality, which is kind of fun. Uh, but most importantly, you get an easy mode this time, which the game mm. maybe needed a little bit. In typical Platinum fashion, it was very much a, yo, you figured out the game? Yeah, cool. Let's make this shit hard now. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I, I, and yeah, it's it's just, yeah, it seems like a, you know, fun, quirky little game. And, and yeah, it's like we know the issues with yeah. the Wii U just not being a well-adopted system because it's in that weird middle yeah. zone. Just where it's not a major upgrade over the Wii. But yeah, it's cool that it's going to be on yeah, the Switch. And I think that's uh, a good decision because it's it's it was wasted on the Wii U, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, it's the ultimate changes because of the Switch platform. I'm hoping a lot of the game's personality survives. but. Yeah, mm. if there was a platinum game that deserved to get a second chance at life on kind of new hardware, not because it was a bad game, but because the hardware it came out on was not well received, this is absolutely that game. Yeah, yeah, I can get that. I, I can totally yeah. get that. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. In the same vein of uh, things that were thought lost getting new life, uh, Flashpoint is going through an archiving a shit ton of Flash games, so when Flash dies at the end of this year, you can still go back and play your, uh, well, browser-based pen-throwing games. <laughs> yeah, your um, your various gravity-based games. And, gravity, yeah. with heavy air quotations. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's... I, I think that's cool because, you know, like it or not, you know, Flash gaming was definitely a cultural landmark. Like, absolutely a cultural landmark. I would go so far as to say, like, it's in... I could never make a high-end, good video game kind of thing. That's beyond my abilities. But I made some shitty Flash games over the years, and it gave me an appreciation of, like, what goes into making a game. Hmm. And so, yeah, I think... Yeah, it, it provided... It was an early way for sort of people that aren't, like programmers like myself to get into some game dev and you know without having to have this you know many years investment in programming just to do anything flash was relatively simple you still needed action script but uh, there is a lot you could just do with the it's yeah it provided a a really you know one of the first really easier windows for just anybody to get on and just Make a game fairly rapidly. Well, you know, and that's that's really neat. And I think that's also I think you hit upon something really cool there that I didn't really think about. But now that I you know now that I think about it, it's extremely important. So, uh, what are you about? I was to say? gonna say too, like, and if you're if you're sitting there going like, okay, yeah, but like, what is Flash brought me in the modern world? Fucking Trials HD, the first three versions of that game, like more or less as that game is now even, were Flash games on, like, God, what was the website? It was, like, 
I didn't realize that the guys that made or the team that made that Flash game were the same ones that made the one for Ubisoft. I'm like, man, someone ripped off that Flash game I used to love. Oh, it's the same people. Cool. Um, and, you know, it's like, do you like real life escape yeah. rooms? Well, the first escape rooms were on yeah. Flash games. Like, I can literally, I actually showed somebody the 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 main one, which was like the, the uh, like Crimson Room. Uh, and that and like there's a there's a series of really early games that were escape room games, and that's where the entire genre of that started. So physical escape rooms, and I've even seen multiple articles reference this game and saying, yeah, that was the origin of of physical escape yeah. rooms. This flash yeah, video game. Kind of more, I, so, I, I mean, want to say more inventive, but like outside the box ideas for games came from Flash games. was like, yo, we don't have the art to make a good yeah. game. We have a cool idea. We can, like, use the basics of the art we have to make something kind of neat. I think, I mean, it, yeah, it's just, we're, we're just, yeah, I just saw this, you know, explosion of sort of, there again, like, all right, so I, I have this, you know, thing about developers and engineers, I think engineering in general, where you can get too much into the technology and less about yeah. the innovation. Very, very easy to get, a, you know, Innovation is, you know, not just innovation in sort of technology senses, but to innovation in like, what does it mean to be a game? Like, there's there's so much, and there's some Flash games that I really love that, like, I've even paid money for like a little bit of money for some of them. Like this, like there's this website. There was this website called Ludomancy, and they did these really neat, just like little games. That that were just you know it's it's not around anymore but I mean I still have Fucking those games frog because they fractions yeah. is technically a flash game I think uh, at least the original one was it's like WAP yeah. which which we know led to you know well games that have been created for platforms now Death Stranding <laughs> like getting over it yeah uh, well I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like, I mean, specifically, you know, the same creator created, like, Getting Over It, Bennett Foddy. Easy. I didn't realize that. Yeah, easy. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure he's the one who did Guap. Let me re-check that. Or, yeah, no, yeah, it was him. Yes, it absolutely was him. Just checking that to make sure. But yeah, yeah, that was him. Um, Yeah, he, he, that was a Flash game. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's gone on to make other games. It still feel like now Flash he has games, mi- but... Yeah, like, 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 V, 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 and you know, other ones, like, we know that he has quite a few games, but Quop was one of the very early yeah. ones that he created. But also we saw, I think, really the Flash games gave rise to these uh, sort of small, the idea of sort of these small platformers that now you see all sorts of yeah. indie games doing, you know. Like in general, like not in doing it in Unity and you know Unreal Engine and stuff, but I I think you know the just the idea of platformers got a big sort of resurgence from Flash games. I I feel like I feel like that's true. I don't have anything to back that up, but it but it seems like people got interested in platformers, especially two D platformers again because of Flash I'll, games. I'll go along they with that one. Kind of is they kind of got reintroduced yeah. with Flash game. So, but yeah, there's, I think, I think it's really cool that at least, you know, one organization, one company is taking upon themselves to archive it because I think, 
Yeah, it's there's a lot of history in there and a lot of significance to these Flash games. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's, I think that's a cool idea. And yeah, um, there's so many, and oh, there's some that I even like. I had bookmarks to some of them, and like some just websites that were you know had a lot of different yeah. Flash games. And yeah, it's it's gonna be kind of sad to see it go away. You know, I'm not sad to see Flash go away. I'm more see it sad to see sort of Flash games go away. Well, especially because the modern version of Flash is just cancerous. Yeah, there's a modern... Yeah, it's yeah, or the latest version, but it's like, there's not really anything to take its place. Doesn't need to be either, though. Um, I guess to a certain extent... I don't know, it's like... Java has? People's... Uh, how many Java games not have Not many, uh, hence the kind of has... Yeah, and it's like, yeah, Java as a, like, online gaming platform like that, well, Java requires proper programming. Like, that is, like, you have to be a me-level programmer to make games in Java. You don't, you don't have to be a programmer to make games in Flash. Um, ah, yeah, that's, and that's the weird thing about it. It's like, I have mixed feelings about it. Yeah, the nearest versions of Flash are kind of garbage, but also... I don't. There's no. What's gonna happen to Newgrounds? <laughs> it it's already die. been gone, anyways. But yeah, it's just gonna super die, I guess. Because who's gonna make games in Java for that? I mean, it's, it's not like I said. It's you're not gonna get the same crowd. Part of me wants to go to Newgrounds.com right now and see what the fuck that is. But part of me's like, are they? Is this wailing? Is it just? Do I log? Up, do I pull it up and it just sounds like one big long wailing it's 90% sound? Ninety porn games at this point. Uh, it's yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't know what. Okay, yeah. I'm just looking at the front page. Meme games and porn. Yep. That's kind of a lot of it. Been a lot for a while, but it's like, and I think some of these are starting to have some you know Unity browser games, but. There again, Unity requires proper programming. You can get away with not programming for Unreal Engine, just because of the way it it, it has a system in it that has sort of a visual programming thing, kind of like action, yeah. you know, the way uh, Flash works, but I don't see that as overtaking. I don't know what's going to happen to sort of a certain amount of indie dev, I guess is now my question. I mean, itch.io has, has a lot of uh, flash games on it so yeah i now i'm yeah hmm. i I, th- I guess i hadn't thought too much about this being a you know being a programmer you don't think it's of like, like large think chunks of internet dying ever where it's like no no we're gonna move away from this thing that's going to invalidate a surprising number of websites out there now yeah, granted, there are HTML5 games, but... Maybe that's what I was thinking that instead is of harder, Java. Yeah, that's, that's, what's, that's what's replacing that is, it. That is way yeah. harder to work with than Flash. Just there again, like, that's going to require a good bit more programming because it's not a, on its face, sort of a gaming-friendly yeah. platform. It just really isn't. It wasn't, it wasn't originally created for that. Uh, to be sort of... Oh, yeah, it's just... Uh, yeah, I don't... Yeah, like I said, now it's more like I don't know what's going to happen to all these games on even itch.io, the current, you know, you know, let alone the many kind of flash games that have kind of come and gone, yeah. you know, 
Lost of the Ages, but it's like, there are new games on itch.io that are Flash games. So, I guess maybe they're going to start just packaging them as standalone, where I don't, with like a past version of like drivers for Flash. Uh, that's, I don't, so I'm now I'm, yeah, I don't know. I'm really curious about that now. I'm going to do some more research yeah. in that. I, I, I don't know. This whole topic is like kind of opened up a whole like, oh gosh, I'm not sure. You know, whole, I, I don't know. Huh. Yes, I am a fan of, I am, you know, a fan of game history. I'm super interested in game history. And I read a lot about it. I read an embarrassing amount of game history. Like, even on like a, one of my favorite websites, Hardcore Gaming 101, that is a really great, you know, site that does a lot of reviews of like games, you know, historic, you know, historical games as well as some modern ones. But yeah, like, ah, uh, yeah, it's going to be weird. It'll be weird. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, the Newgrounds is just going to die. Yeah. I ex. It's just, you're just gonna, at the end of the year, it's just gonna, you're gonna hear this wailing sound, you know, that's heard around the world, and it's mainly new grounds dying. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know, like, it's, uh, it, I have not cared about Flash games in a long time, but so, if you... I still play some Sure, yeah, I'm not trying to knock them, right I'm, I'm trying to get at it is, if you wish to, uh, play Flash, if you wish to play a Flash game once Flash is discontinued, and or want to play without downloading Flash, go check out uh, Blue Maximus Flashpoint. Uh, I'm not going to put a yeah. and, uh, link in the show notes because you can Google it yourself, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that's and that's the uh, people doing this thing, so they're, they're you know, the, so you can download it. It's a launcher that works with, you know, that'll yeah. work as, like, I guess, maybe with, yeah, like I said, it's, like, going to be a, it's going to turn into a prepackaged thing that you have to run to but that kind of gets away from the point of sort of the ease of you pull up in your browser and you play Flash games. So, hmm, interesting. But anyways, yep. I guess we have to we move on eventually. We do have to move on eventually. And we're not going to spend a bunch of time on this one because we've covered this before. And maybe not this one exactly before, but I don't feel like belaboring this more than we have to. But uh, it there's a new lawsuit out there that just straight up alleges that EA's FIFA has modes that are just straight up gambling. Yeah. Yep. And so this is this is happening in France, where as we've as we've already you know been recording yeah. on, in in Europe, in a lot of countries in Europe have a lot tighter regulations on, at least better policed regulations on gambling, especially when it comes to the children know, with minors with children. So yeah, uh, and this is yeah this is a this is obviously, you know, coming from that, just tighter regulations. But I mean, yeah, this is a, uh, yeah, I, it's it's focusing on the ultimate team mode, which is, uh, it's a competitive yeah, so, mode. So, and we do not play FIFA, so please don't kind of at, at us for getting this wrong. But as best I can tell for like the hardcore FIFA crowd, this is the real game, if you will. The ultimate team mode is where you get to make kind of your ultimate team, and you have the advantage of the RNG. If you have good RNG, if you have them good players, your team will hypothetically be better than other teams out there. Yeah, 
And I mean, you see that, for example, that uh, that's more familiar to me with mobile games, yeah. which is kind of funny. Like with KOF All Star, it's like there's a whole lot. It's entirely it's all gotcha stuff. It's entirely RNG yeah. in which characters you get for the most part. There's some of them that they straight up give to you as a part of promotions. Like like right now, it's like with each sort of new weird promotion, they give you a free one. But I mean. FIFA's not really doesn't do that. You don't just there's no way to just get a a player that you want. It's all gotcha. So yeah, that's a that's a thing, and I think they're gonna get busted yeah, like on this, this one. one. I think seems they're gonna... like this one's kind of seems like the ball is rolling at this point. Like it's not setting a precedent. It's following other precedents that have been set by other countries at this point. And yeah, like if, well, the previous ones didn't flat out allege it was gambling. In so many terms, this one just says like, "Nah, it's gambling." We're calling a yeah, spade. Well, a spade. I mean, that's pretty much what they we we saw that in England they too. Didn't, they didn't go UK. straight from zero to gambling. This is zero to yeah, it's gambling. We're we're flat calling it that. Yeah, well, yeah, I, it was more that the gambling commission was the specifically the one involved in England, but which means that they were flat out calling True. it this is gambling. But this is a yeah. lawsuit, and that's what makes it different. This isn't a, a government regulatory body yeah. on this one. This is a uh, lawsuit. Surprise mechanics strike well, again. This time in the form yeah. of a lawsuit. So, but yeah, <laughs> but I think I think they're going to get busted on this one. I think any, I think I think it would be awfully hard to defend this as not gambling. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, it, PR speak doesn't generally tend to work in a court. Yeah. It, 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 it's it's because there's no real legal way to like explain it. I, I'm I'm I guess in a certain sense, knowing nothing of you know, I'm not no. a legal dude. I think it'll be interesting for you know some actual lawyers to weigh in on. You know what are, what kind of defense are they going to try to make of this thing? Because to you know for the layman, we're just like yeah, that's gambling. But yeah, I don't know. I think, it's, I think it'll be an interesting one to watch. We'll definitely end up reporting on it again, I'm sure. Yeah. And last but not least this week, we kind of have... I'm going to mash these two into one topic because by their powers combined, they kind of become an interesting topic. So <laughs> uh, Phil Spencer got out there relatively recently and said that Xbox's main... Con- uh, con- uh, uh, competition isn't Sony or Nintendo, it's uh, Google and Amazon, which I don't disagree with. If you're talking about kind of Xbox as part of the larger Microsoft whole and the idea of Xbox Cloud, yeah, Amazon and Google are most certainly Xbox's main competition. What this also feels like to me is some guy who got his ass kicked in a fight going, yeah, I'll fight the bigger guy behind him next when like the Xbox One, we've made a lot of jokes, but just, it, it did not do well this cycle. It did fine, ultimately, but Sony didn't just wreck it. It kind of came through, stole its girlfriend, came back, stole its second girlfriend, stole its mom, and then came back and stole its boyfriend. It's like, okay, Sony won't come back for this. It's like, nah, my job is to make your life hell. Like, just get, yep. The moment Microsoft yep. had a good thing going, Sony was like, bitch, did I say you could smile? <laughs> yeah, PS4 yeah. killed it this in this and iteration. Depending on like, which article you're reading out there right now, which sure as fuck looks like the PS5 might be poised to do something similar too. But 
Yeah. Jokes aside or whatever, it, it always feels weird whenever Xbox gets out there and says, we're not competing with Sony. And Sony's like, we're not competing with you either, but for different reasons. Because we're <laughs> winning. It's not a competition. It's a one-sided fight. But yeah. what this is all a fancy way of saying is, in uh, as of recording this, my subscription to Stadia ends in like seven or eight days. I have no intention yep. of re-upping it. I've already canceled, as I mentioned last week, my subscription to that. But rest assured, the free version of Stadia is, quote, coming soon. 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 There are no dates attached to this. Yep. yep, like not even like a spring, not even a, even a season yep. attached to it. Like. It'll go live in yeah. 2020, so in the next yep. 10 months, sure, that's a that's a uh, safe window to give yourself, I guess. As a self-appointed Stadia reporter we have for this podcast, as someone who occasionally wanders into the Stadia subreddits to get a taste of what's up with that community, guess what? None of us are planning on re-upping, apparently. Like, we're all like, yeah, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to do this, and we're all like, that's a smart move, don't do it. Go play Destiny on PC. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm... Alright. I'm not sure. Like, alright, so... The only reason I would see keeping around is is if I end up doing, like, a good bit yeah. of traveling or something, and and I want to use my laptop, but my, lap, my current laptops aren't even remotely powerful enough to run any modern games. Like, yeah, I could, I, you know, it'd be cool to be able to play Destiny 2 and some other stuff like that. But also... I've, but if I, you know, outside of that, I've only been using it because I don't have a video yeah. card. Uh, it's increasingly, and this is where it gets really weird. I, like, when they first on Stadia, it's like, oh, it's got the cross save with Destiny. I'm like, fuck yes, I'm gonna check this out. Look, I'm so into this. And I still strongly believe the only reasons to own Stadia are, uh, to be paying for Stadia are, you really have a Destiny problem and you need to play it on a phone. And I totally get that. I'm, I'm there with you. I'm not quite there, but I'm like, what if I could play Destiny anywhere? And part of my brain's like, yeah, what if? Then part of me goes, oh, Stadia sucks on phones, so, meh. But, yep. like, if you're like Henry, who just doesn't have the hardware to play games currently, or, like, all you have is, like, a fucking, uh, uh, a MacBook or a, um, fucking, like, a, a Chromebook. Chromebook. Like, they're not geared towards gaming for whatever reason. Like Apple, just not a lot of games. Chromebook is a hundred dollar laptop. It's it's so weird putting them yeah. in the same category for this, where it's like one's a four thousand dollar piece of hardware. It's pretty powerful. The other is a thing you give to school children because they can break it, and you'll be like, eh. Yeah. Um. And that's the thing, like, that's one thing that kind of surprised me, that there's not a lot of push with Stadia with Chromebooks. And I feel like that would be really your sales point. It's like, instead of buying a $1,000 game system, here's $100, and you can still play the same yeah. games. You'll, you'll not some all of them, the you know, but I mean, here's some PC, you know, hardcore yeah, PC I, games that... Uh, not, not that have no business being on a Chromebook yeah, not otherwise. not to do Google's job for them, but, like, the advertising campaign for this should have been, yo, you got a Chromebook? 
You want to play Destiny 2 on a Chromebook? It just tells me that they must have some idiots I, yeah, in their marketing. Is that, how could you miss that sell selling point? It's like, literally, you could just be... Uh, that would be... You should, you should have had a Chromebook package for it. Yeah. Like, you know... Here's a Chromebook with three months, you know, with, uh, you know, you know, six months of free, you know, free uh, Stadia. But also, we've just got to sell a Chromebook. And selling hardware is harder these yeah. days. But, yeah, it's, that, I feel like that's a really big failing. It's like, you should have sold it as, like, this is the re this is a reason, to, a, a good reason to own a Chromebook if you're a gamer. So they could have opened the Chromebooks up to the gamer crowd with, you know, it's like, yeah, you're a gamer. You have a thousand, you know, two thousand dollar system, but you don't have a laptop. Wouldn't you like to play stuff on the go? Am I just doing their I, marketing it, for them it, right now? The way they've approached Stadia <laughs> from day one has baffled me. Like it's this this whole pushing how powerful it is. Like it's it's cool. It's got ten whatever flops going on, but like the sell for it is yo, you got a ten year old laptop? Yeah, you want to play Destiny two right now? Yeah, yeah. I keep going back to Destiny. You could, you know, or, yeah. you, or like I said, you don't have a laptop, but you want to play Destiny on the go? Hey, buy yeah. a Chromebook. We're offering a bundle with a Chromebook. Oh, that would have instead been of the so apparently fucking smart. A, like, like a $200 bundle that was like Stadia subscription, maybe not the controller, but like Stadia membership for three months in a Chromebook. That is something you could have sold to me. Yeah. Like, fuck, 250 yeah. you could have had me at that one, I think, even. Yeah, that would yeah, why they dropped yeah. the ball so much on Stadia. It's going to die not because it's a bad product, because it's they're kind of idiots. A bad product too, but but mainly yeah. because they're idiots. <laughs> and it's funny, this only just now occurred to me. I was like, Chromebooks. Yeah. yeah. No, what the yeah, fuck? Okay, it, why didn't they it was sell this? When, like, when the thing, when Stadia first launched, and kind of people were on the like the groundswell of "Holy fuck, we have Stadia finally!" The coolest thing I saw was someone going, "Yeah, I don't have access to a gaming PC, but I have a Chromebook, and hey, I'm playing games on a Chromebook." Like that sense alone was me going, "Okay, yeah, maybe there's something here I can get behind," kind of thing. And for no other reason than that, I stuck with like it. When I was on the road and my Xbox controller broke and I had to use Stadia, I'm like, no, the PC version of this is fine. Like, it's not amazing, but it's fine. Like, the, the in-browser version works. That's kind of cool. Like, it's the... If you could have made it work so that my Stadia on my, my fucking iPad worked or something, I'd have looked at my laptop and been like, huh, maybe I don't need to take this everywhere I travel. Like, it runs Destiny fine, but I don't need this necessarily. Yeah, I, it's... Choices were made, but you're absolutely right. Like the the push of yo, you want to turn a Chrome, you want to turn a Chromebook into a gaming PC. Here's how is the correct advertising campaign for Stadia. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. I don't know. It's it's weird. I feel like they just bungled I, this so hard. But hey, free is coming soon. We'll see how this all plays out. Like, yep. that's the weirdest part. Like, if if free ever comes. I will happily throw, like, some money at getting Destiny onto Stadia permanently for myself so I just have it sitting there where it's like, it's not the best version, but fuck it, I can play Gambit on the road now. That's all I care about. You know what's weird? Something I haven't mm -hmm. even tried, which now I'm curious about? 
I don't. I'm pretty sure that none of like you know I have all the season pass. You know, all that's yeah. automatically unlocked on my Stadia pass. I'm pretty sure that won't be unlocked when I play. Oh my no! Steam yeah, and edition. no one has any idea how the how the fuck that whole part of it works too. Like, because part of the sell was you got kind of um the Stadia collection, which is not a thing that exists outside of Stadia. But yeah, like I mean, that's the thing. It's like I guess, and I haven't tried this out. Now I'm kind of curious. Is like you know, I have I have quests that are season pass stuff are they just not going to appear when i play the same character you know, the cross well, you know, that's a known thing no they won't but that, that's Stink. a known thing you have to buy the dlc yeah. per platform the question is more if i don't have the pro version of stadia but i'm still playing stadia on the free version do i get to have that stuff still and that's a weird question that no one has an answer to yet yeah, that's that's the weird. Or really, question. what the fuck happens yeah, not- when? So again, like Destiny's a free to play game on every platform out there. I think Stadia is mm-hmm. the only one that currently, right now, you have to, in theory, buy uh, Destiny for. So it's kind of this weird one of like, so when this free trial runs out, what the fuck happens to Destiny Two on Stadia? Like, do I get to keep that because it came with the service? Like. In the most roundabout, weird way, if you told me I paid like 120 bucks to have Destiny 2 on stage, I'd be like, I'm not happy, but I'm not angry anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... Hmm. Yeah, it's... It's weird. Yeah. But free mode. It's coming soon! Free. <laughs> I fucking call this week's episode soon, aren't I? <laughs> soon yeah but yeah I guess that's that's, that that's brings the us news. to the yeah, end of our kind news of, kind of a... we do have two emails this week oh good Indeed. if you want to send us an email Henry what address would you send that email to that would be wickedawesomecast at gmail.com and that's wickedawesomecast at gmail.com as well as it sounds down the show notes etc etc we actually have three emails my bad I messed up we're gonna start with the Pokemon home one because that seems like fun <laughs> you're wickedawesomecast as an avid Pokemon fanboy I understand that you might not be at my level for this one but really None of you went hard on the Pokemon home being so expensive. I expected Charlie at least to go off on this one. Holy shit, do you guys just not care? Is this beneath you? Is this kind of an eye roll moment of this is what you get for Pokemon? Please explain yourselves. Yeah, you you summed it up more or less. Like Nintendo has demonstrated kind of time and time again with the Switch that they're not very with the times. And also, like, Pokemon is where they're going to get their money. They realize they can make you pay money yeah. for it, so they're going to. Oh, yeah, it's just the Pokemon franchise at this point. If you don't realize that that yeah. mints money for Nintendo, you haven't been paying attention. People will just throw money. If it has Pokemon yeah. remotely on it, pasted on it sloppily in a haphazard way... Like, if you just, whatever, people just buy, oh, yeah, Pokemon, uh, give me, uh, here's money. It's also those ones where I assume the Pokemon home stuff was going to cost money. It's, like, the Pokemon stuff cost money. It didn't cost as much, admittedly, 
And like, also, there is a free mode. It fucking sucks. I know, and it's pretty funny that people are like, "But there's a free mode, but it sucks." Like, there, there shouldn't be a free mode. Like, I came back to the question of, would people have been as mad about this if there just wasn't a free mode? Period. And I think the answer yeah. is actually no. <sighs> but yeah, I. So do you, so. All right. So the greater question is: Is this going to create a Fallout seventy six version of I don't reflection think of real so world class you can't do class that war? Pokemon the way you can Fallout seventy six, but true. I, it's true. also I have my problems with Pokemon Home. <laughs> I really do the whole Pokedex thing, the DLC thing. Like it's weird because the idea of Pokemon DLC, I'm all fucking for. Like it's something I've wanted them to do. Since they were like, yeah, we're gonna re-release Pokemon Red, and I'm like, but why? <laughs> Just give me DLC because it's not a Game Boy, and DLC doesn't exist yet. Fine, whatever. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the, the fact they had like Pokemon X, and then two years later, Pokemon X Second Gig or whatever the fuck it was called, and I'm like. I'd have just bought DLC for the same price. I don't. I don't want to own two games and or start the second game. No, it's two games now. But why? You know, it's funny. Even the Dreamcast had a weird sort of DLC yeah. thing going. All right, so uh, there is a rhythm game called Poppin' Music, and there was an append disc you could get for it. So basically, you you would have to buy the base game, and then if you wanted to add more to it, you would you would buy an append disc, and so that was that was a weird version sure. of physical yeah, DLC I, that I've actually. I'm not talking dealt about with. how you would do it. I'm talking and more they, about the idea that like yeah, I don't want more plastic copies of the same. I'd rather have to like okay, yes. I want to buy the base game and buy DLC for it and. Yeah. I don't yeah. have to rebuy the same game two years from now where it's like, it's Pokemon X Alpha. I'm like, that's a cool, dumb name. But no. But it's also the fact that they've been doing, like, sort of pairs yeah. of Pokemon games as I've, well for a while now. I have a while more now, with that in which... the modern context than I do about, ah, uh, fuck, than I do about DLC or the Pokemon Home stuff costing money. Like, the idea that there still has to be two editions of every Pokemon game is just bullshit now. Mm-hmm. Yes, that it's not just you know buy the game and then DLC yeah. for the this other stuff. You just get half of a game, yeah. which is weird. But apparently, people it's, will pay for I, it because, as I said, Pokemon it. mints yeah, money. Yeah, I get why they do it. <laughs> it just mints money. Yeah. yeah, people will pay for it. Like the fact they're selling it in a bundle. It's like, does the bundle merge the two games? No, it's still two games. Again, why? <laughs> Yeah, I would pay yeah, more money to yeah. merge the two games into Pokemon Sword slash Shield, not Sword and Shield. Yeah, Sword Shield, Sweeled. No Pokemon Gun. But that's a separate topic. The true version of Pokemon <laughs> Sword and Shield, Pokemon Gun. So we should have just had a Pokemon, yeah. you know, purple. Those yeah, purple and red and oh, and like so so. So what's sun and moon? Eclipse. The cross is sun and moon. <laughs> eclipse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I put Pokemon some thought into this one yeah. before. Like, the, the one I would yeah. want is, if you want to go and remaster, like, gold and silver, but put it in one game and call it, like, Pokemon Glam or Pokemon, like, Glint or something, I will fucking buy that tomorrow. 
That's the last. That's the last Pokemon <laughs> game. I was like, "Fuck yes, this is the best version of this franchise." Like everything about this is cool. I, I think like Jeff way the fuck long ago talked about this. How you like after you beat the uh, eight gyms in your region, you went back to like Pokemon Red and Blue Land and beat the shit out of those gyms too. But like high level end game content level stuff that was cool as shit. That's a cool idea. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I'm sad more Pokemon games have not done that since. Like the idea of going back and doing old content where it's like, yeah, now Brock has like Brock is a Steelix now. Why? He's been a fucking gym leader for ten years. Of course he is a Steelix. He's not a total scrub. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next up, uh, another email from Anonymous. Uh, dear two jackasses and wonderful Alex. Hurtful, but accurate. <laughs> well, I'm sure it's meant as a joke. Alex's hobby of WoW often comes under, let's call it, attack with a fair amount of frequency these days. Yeah, you're yeah. not wrong. I understand that it often comes up yeah. in relation to Blizzard, so, so it's not like Charlie's just randomly telling Alex he sucks, but man, it feels like you guys target him for being the Blizzard player in the group still. Uh, is this mostly a joke, or are you kind of annoyed he's still playing Blizzard games? I, it's a joke, it's mostly. A joke. I, it's We do this privately. Like, we yeah. do this in messages to each other, so... And it's not mean-natured. It's, oh, no, like, it's if, really if not. If Bungie was still affiliated with Activision, like, if Destiny was still an Activision property, every week would be being like, yeah, so I'm still playing Destiny despite what I must like, I know to be wrong Same. about the universe. Yeah, it's... Yep. It's... Yeah, I mean, it's... And, you know, and I actually have, you know, we've gone into it in previous episodes where it's like, I have actually empathy yeah. for people that are sticking with specifically World of Warcraft because that's where people yeah. have clans that have become, you know, it's a social group that you, you know, you kind of, you know, you actually kind of get along oh, yeah, and no. care about each other. Every and, joke you know, we have aside, the idea of kind of the corporate entity of a game you love and in some cases have spent like the better part of two decades playing. Mm hmm. And yeah, building like, a community in. I, I feel bad. I don't feel bad for most Blizzard fanboys, but like the WoW community, I kind of. Yes. I, bad's the wrong word. I get where they're at, where it's like, man, I have so much invested in this game. I have friends. Like, I met my wife through here and my husband. Like, I. Yeah. It's part of Straight my up. social life kind of thing. Like, it, if. I, I, yes. I think it's a little bit weird occasionally, but like, my Destiny clan, I talk to more in some ways, some of my normal, like, real life friends at this point kind of thing and like it's weird when yeah. someone quits that clan where it's like huh what'd we do wrong like and the idea of you can't play wow anymore which has been a huge part of your social life because blizzard activision are asshats it's gotta be complicated <laughs> but at the same time though too like it's the alex serves as our perfect example of we're not mad at Blizzard fanboys necessarily. We're mad at Activision. Look, no. We feel bad for Alex. We'll make fun of Alex, though, where it's like, man, how's the kind of moral ambiguity feeling right now on this one? But yeah, but it's like, you know, it's like when we when I attended the physical protest at, you know, during BlizzCon, we made it a point not to harass people yep. or or to or to, you know, in any way, really seriously yep. criticize people for continuing to support it. You know, we were there to educate 
and you know make a statement yep. and educate about it and that we've handed out a lot of literature that was specifically about educating about it and a lot and we handed out everything and most and the vast majority of people you know, like you know i mentioned when it happened like 99 percent of the people were you know at worst apathetic that they just kind of walked through and didn't really pay attention you know and, but more often than not actually picked up shirts and picked up literature and signs and whatnot and i mean that's that's the thing it's like yeah, we know I am, and I have also remarked that I am upset with people that don't have as much invested in Bungie defending it, you know, endlessly. Or, or sorry, Blizzard. Uh, defending Blizzard endlessly that don't really have anything like a WoW level of yeah. community involvement. Still defending it to the end. But, yeah, I don't know, it's... Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, no, it's no, we do. It's not a, it is not a, a mean thing, you know. And I would feel really bad if if Alex actually did tell us that he was really, you know, really hurt by us, you know, yeah, needling him about it. I think we all know where the line is at this point, so we don't go over it. Like, I, I think our edgier yeah. needlings of Alex happen actually off out of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I. But we've also made it clear to him, like, we get it. We yeah. super get it. We know how important plans are and what it means in a social context. We super get that. So, yeah. But thank yeah. you for that email, anonymous. And our last email. This is a fun one. I say for last. It also comes from anonymous, sadly. But <laughs> actually, I get why this one probably comes in from anonymous, but. Uh, dear Wicked Awesome cast, I, like Alex, recently went through the moving process, and as part of this process, my husband found my collection of hand grenades. Now, before everyone Ooh. freaks out and says anything crazy, they are, they are a mix of diffused grenades and fake ones used for military training. I'm sure both Henry and Alex are busy going, what? Well, Charlie's now attempting to remember where he put his collection of hand grenades, because of course he has one. <laughs> I, am, uh, I acquired these back when I was, uh, um, when I was a reservist, and their training collection was retired mm. from instructional use. Moving back to my husband, his reaction to the situation was to scream loudly and then to run out of the house holding the box where they were stored. Long story short, I successfully convinced him that they are indeed safe and that I am not storing live ordnance in the house. Between Alex's dangerous pet collection, Henry's history with various weapons, or sorry, various combat training weapons, and Shirley being who he is, I'm curious what the most dangerous thing you have in your current home is. As a bonus, do you have anything like any, my training grenades that some, that some might assume is dangerous but isn't? Hmm. Oh, I got a real obvious pick. That's... It's not a cool one. It's like a weird one. And it's legal, too, which makes it even weirder. Hmm. Uh, it's, okay. um, so I have right, a I jar of something called Mad Honey in my house. It is... Um, it's not available in the U.S. and it's, it's probably not illegal in the U.S. for the exact same reason it's not available in the U.S. is what happens when bees make honey from a certain plant very prominent in the Nepal region. Uh, this honey mm. is a low-grade neurotoxin that Ooh. is famous for making bears trip balls when they eat it. And it's got a whole mm. history of people eating it and tripping the fuck out. And a friend of mine brought, I, I jokingly said to a friend, like, hey, bring me, like, he, went, he went to Turkey for something, like, hey, bring me back a jar of this, and 
He actually brought me back a jar of it. It now sits in a, ca- a cabinet I have. With a skull and crossbones sticker on it with the words, not safe for consumption, do not eat. Like, it's potent enough that, like, when he bought it, the people that sold it to him were, like, miming, do not eat a lot of this. Like, be very careful how much of this you consume. And he's like, man, what the fuck did you have me bring back? But yeah, Google Mad Honey. It's like, it's honey that comes out like blood red and stuff like that. It's, it is like the most sinister honey you've ever seen, but it's still just kind of normal-ish honey. Mm. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's certainly interesting. That's certainly highly dangerous neurotoxin. (laughs) But it works as a psychedelic because it's a neurotoxin. That's where it gets weird. Yeah. Yeah, there's and there's some other stuff like that like for instance, I've and they finally made a version of it for here as far as I know like there's a uh there's a vodka that's made from yeah. bison grass. Uh you may be familiar with that. It's like Zubrolka. I can't pronounce Polish yeah. words. I'm pretty sure yeah, it's Polish. Uh I can't pronounce Polish words, but uh it's yeah, it's they, I think they they basically finally made a version of it that can be sold here, but it was for the same reasons because of uh, uh, blood thinning agents in it. You know, yeah. there's a bison grass blood thinning agent in it, which basically makes it like asp- you know, crushing up an aspirin and throwing yeah. it in alcohol, which we know that's not a great idea. But yeah, um, yeah, it has a mild. That's that. That's what that mad, mad honey. Yeah, it's kind of that of. same. Uh- the planet comes from is called uh I'm not gonna pronounce that. Never mind. <laughs> it's like that's a nope. <laughs> yeah, that's that's too many D's in close proximity to each other. <laughs> but yeah. Um so for me hmm uh probably my Dremel to be honest. Like that sucker is I mean when it's at full speed, it's going like if you if you put your hands anywhere near that, you're gonna lose something. <laughs> what? No ancient Japanese traditional bow or something? Uh, well, I think it's more dangerous than my uh my uh than my uh, uh chain sword. That's fair. That I mentioned before. I don't know. I, chain sword is pretty dangerous. Yeah, that's maybe to you more than others, but. Yeah, it's you know, uh, it's it's like Ivy's sword. Uh, if yeah, it's basically I have a I have Ivy's sword. And it comes with the weird outfit too. <laughs> but yeah, I I bought it at a uh, medieval fair because of course that's what you do at medieval fairs. You yeah. buy weird weaponry. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think it's maybe a weird tie between that and my Dremel because Dremels, I mean, unlike even like a you know just a you know drill. They spin way faster. Like, like I make it a point to like, like uh, braid up my beard and like stuff it in my shirt whenever I'm working with with one of them, with my Dremel. Because oh god, yeah. if I got hair, my beard caught in that. That would, yeah. It, in case those listening don't, know, I have a long beard. I have a very long beard. And so that would easily get swept up in, in the Dremel and just ripped out completely off. Just rip my chin off, basically. But yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah, no, I'd say those are probably... Uh, there's a tie there, I'd say. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't have any. Yeah, I, th I think. Yeah, those are probably the two most dangerous things that I have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alex is probably a snake. I don't know. Yeah, one of his many. You I know, almost saved this when he was back, but I'm like, yeah, fuck it, let's do it this week. <laughs> we can ask him. We can ask him next week. Sure. He, if he listens to this way, oh, this uh, far in, he can answer himself. That does it for well, emails this week, though. Yeah, thank you to yeah. Anonymous, Anonymous, and Anonymous. Thank As you so always, much. always, thank you for writing in. Yes. Makes us quite happy. Uh, so that does it for this week's podcast. Um, anything you want to talk about before we close it out? Um, um, not anything in particular. I'm still cracking zero on social media. That's Z-E-R-0. I, did um, I didn't complain about the new Dropkick Murphy song as much as I thought I was going to. <laughs> I'm still not sure how I feel about it, but I think my wife hmm. summed it up pretty well, where she's like, this have a vault of songs they go back to and the fan base gets angry with them. They're like, yo, here's a new song. We're like, ah, that's what we come to expect from you. None of this new shit we don't like. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, uh, it's got probably, that vibe. If you see a Kraken Zero running around in Destiny 2 on Stadia, that's me. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm the only one with that name. You, so. you can only be the only one with that name. True. But uh, yep, uh, no, nothing other than that. Yeah, that does it for this week, I suppose. Um, you want to close this out this week? Cue the metal. Yeah.